Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. We live in an awesome country. We do. This past week, I was out, uh, my son got married in Colorado, and I drove, we drove, uh, we drove out, and um, we drove out through Iowa and Nebraska on I-80, and they're a little laughing there, right, Nebraska? Man, Nebraska's a long ways. It's like driving across the entire country. But as I was driving out there, and we're, I don't know if you know this, but I-80 goes along the Platte River. And the Platte River is where the wagon trains all went. And I just thought about all of these people, all of these Americans, heading west, you know, taking a risk, trusting in God, you know, to make, to make a life for themselves. And, but then as I went through Iowa, Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming, you know, everywhere, there's people planting, farming, starting businesses, you know, and God's still honoring that, right? He's still giving the increase. And um, it, just, it just made me feel so proud yet to live in this great country. And we do, this is a land of opportunity. Now, I know, and you know, that there are other voices out there that don't necessarily believe that anymore. But that's just their voice. And, um, but there's only one voice that really truly matters, isn't there? And today, so today what I want to do is I want to talk to you, and I teach, I don't preach. Brother Meyer already told, you know, he said, well, you kind of preach a little bit, but. So this is more of a teaching message anyway, so just enjoy yourself. Um, so I want to teach today about hearing his voice, Okay. And then I also want to talk to you about a couple of the core lessons that I got from listening to his voice, all right? So um, I guess we could stand for a couple minutes while we read some scripture, and then we'll pray, and then um, we can sit back down. So I'm going to start in Psalms 29, um, verses 3 to 9. So if you want to turn there for a second. So Psalm 29, verses 3 through 9. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon He makes them also skip like a calf. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And and in his temple, everyone says, glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity to gather in this country, O Lord. I just pray, dear Lord, that your hand is on this message. Do with what you will, dear Lord. Let it bless the people that are assembled here and that are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. 
You can be seated. In December of 2016, I was working on my goals for, uh, for the upcoming year. And um, I was reading a book by Gary Keller called The One Thing. Has anybody ever read that? And um, he, he, had an, he has an interesting power question that he has for people. And his, his question goes like this. It says, what is the one thing that I can do that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Okay? So that's a pretty powerful question to ask yourself. What is the one thing that I can do that makes everything else unnecessary? And, you know, in 2016, um, so as I'm getting ready, I'm like, really? The one thing that I can really do is pray. And so I had this thought, I'm like, what about for the next year, if I just prayed, God, what is the one thing that you want me to do today? And then just listen. And what was pretty weird um, is, is it okay to say weird in church? I think it is. Um, I had two people talk to me about listening, about that. And I'm like, okay. So I think most of you, you've heard me teach before, and you know that I'm a writer somewhat. I, I journal. And I had stopped journaling for about a year and a half because, quite frankly, I was wore out, you know. And uh, so... In January of 2017, I had this thought about journaling. And when I journaled before, I would read the Bible, and I would journal what my, in my voice. You know, so I was writing it from Kevin Marty. You know, these are the thoughts from Kevin, for better or for worse, right? Um, and then, but this time, I thought, well, okay, if I'm going to listen, I'm going to listen from the God point of perspective that, God speaking to me. Now, I know that this sounds risky, and um, I am by no means saying that I'm writing scripture, okay? Let's, get, let's just make that clear. But I wanted to write in his voice, okay? So I was impressed to begin, to begin doing that. And um, what I... I do believe that each one of us can learn to listen to his voice, okay? But I don't think it's easy. I, I think it has to be taught and that we have to learn how to do it. Um, I also believe, and I, I pretty much know this for a fact, that there are many Christians today that struggle hearing his voice. You know, they're like, well, I never really heard God talk to me, um, so I'm hoping that I can talk a little bit about that and give you some glimpse into the process. And I, by the way, I've learned, I learned from others as well. So um, listening, it is not easy, but it can be learned. And, you know, we often, we, we do need people to teach us these different things as, as Christians. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel 3, verses 9 through 10. And everybody's going to be familiar with this. This is um, when Samuel first begins to hear the voice of the Lord. And he's with Eli. So, therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, 
And it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Okay. Samuel didn't know the voice of the Lord at that point. Okay. But he did need somebody to teach him how to get into that listening mode. And that is critical for us to take that step of being, putting ourselves into that listening mode. Okay? I remember when I first came into the church, I don't know who it was. And quite frankly, I had never heard the voice of the Lord either. And I remember somebody telling me, well, be quiet. And those thoughts you hear, that's the Lord. Wow. That's, you know, that is, that can be hard to get to. Um, And I I taught my kids that. Now, (laughs) in order to do that, though, we have to stop talking, right? We really have to put ourselves in that listening mode. Uh, um, It's difficult, though, because we don't know often what the voice of the Lord sounds like. And this scripture, it's a very common scripture. It's about, you know, um, Elijah in the cave. And so turn to 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. See, we we get confused thinking that the voice of the Lord is this big, loud thing and that it should overshadow everything that we're doing and all the busyness of life. But it's still, and it's small, and we have to to listen, you know. It's, I want to say that, I have to say this, that when you put yourself in that listening mode, it's a step of faith to believe that those are God's words. You understand what I'm saying? Because you can be like, well, you know, am I saying that? Who, who's saying that? That is, fa- it's faith, okay? And you, you have to believe that it's, you have to believe that when you say, Lord, your servant hears, your servant is listening, that, that, is his vo- that is his voice. Um, <clears throat> Faith is believing in things that are not seen. It is. It, this takes, hearing God's voice takes faith. It, it requires faith to believe that these things that I'm thinking, he's speaking to me, Right? Well, Brother Marty, how do I know that that voice is his? How do we know? 
if it lines up with the word of God, right? If it lines up with his word, that's why we're to be in the word. So that when we hear that voice, yep, that's God. No, that's not God, okay? God's not going to give us anything that's not already in his word. He, he's not going to reveal new scripture to us. What's been said has been said, okay? And he's going to be in perfect agreement with his word. So as long as we know his word, we can trust in that voice, all right? It's powerful listening because it's personal. There's a diff- when we can read when we read the word, there's no doubt that the word speaks to us, okay? And it's personal. But when he speaks to us, Kevin, I got a question for you. Oh my goodness, does God ask a lot of questions? As you you know, great teachers ask great questions. And I think my, mo- my next book, kind of getting off my notes here, is going to be about God's questions. Oh my goodness, does he have questions. Why are you doing this? <clears throat> okay. That's all I'm going to say about how to listen, okay? Um, I journaled probably about 500 journals, I don't know. Through these journals, through listening to his voice, there were definite themes that were going through this. And I want to share a couple of those themes. And um, I can tell you what one of the first things that, as I listened, as I began to listen, that he needed to tell me. And the first thing that he had to get across to me that it was that he loves me. And I'm like, okay, is it any deeper than that, Lord? Why are you, why are you talking to me about this? Talk, that he loves me and not to fear. All right? And I want to talk a little bit about this. And this was kind of a shock to me, but you know, it's interesting that... Jesus heard the same voice. I want to turn there. Um, I want to read about this. So it's Matthew 13, 16 through 17, and most of you already know where I'm headed, I'm sure. Matthew 3, 16, verses 17. This is at Jesus' baptism. You guys there? When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Why did Jesus need to hear that? And you know what is striking about this? Is I'm well pleased with him. Why? 
Jesus hadn't even started his ministry yet. In fact, you could say that his ministry began after he heard his voice that he loved him. See, God's voice wasn't based upon what he was doing. And I think a lot of us struggle with that. I know I do. Well, God, you know, if I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that, God doesn't love me. This is my beloved son. You know, and we, we, need to hear that. we need to hear that. God's love is not conditional. It's perfect. I mean, if we can love our kids that are imperfect, how much more can God love us? And, you know, in Ephesians, and I, I think I taught a Sunday school lesson on this, um, it's Ephesians three fourteen through 19. I just want to read this real quick. It says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend. See, it's that comprehension. That's, he wants us to comprehend this with all the saints. What is the width and length and depth and height? I taught about this once, you guys, if you remember that. All those multi-dimensions. It's not one-dimensional. It's not, if you do this, I'm going to love you. If you don't do this, I'm going to love you. no. His love is huge, it's big, it's long, it's tall, it's short, it's wide. It's huge for us. Now, the enemy, almost dropped my notes. The enemy doesn't want us to believe that. He doesn't. He wants us to think it's conditional. And I'm going to prove it to you. A good teacher would, wouldn't they? You know, if you say something, you better back it up. Okay, so um, Matthew 4, 1 through 6, and this is just continuing on. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If, does anybody know what the word if is? used for? It's called a conditional statement, right? If, in, in programming, it's an if-then statement. If, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, and by every word that proceeds from the Father of the mouth, proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, if you are the Son of God. He was trying to get him to doubt his relationship with God. You know, and what's interesting, and I've never heard, I've never heard anybody talk about this before, that yes, the temptations were different, but the temptation was the same. It was the same in the fact that if you do this, if you do that, you're going to prove that you're the Son of God. I don't 
You don't have to prove anything. Why didn't Jesus fall for that trap? Because he knew that he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Right? He knew that his father was God. We are conceived of the Holy Ghost when we're born again, aren't we? We, we are con- we're not conceived of flesh and blood when we're born again. We are conceived of the Holy Ghost. When we're conceived of the Holy Ghost, that makes us sons and daughters of God. It is. And the devil's going to come. Oh, if you're going to do this, then you should be you know, preaching here. Or you should be doing this. It isn't based upon what you're doing. Now, I'm not saying that as children of God, okay, we don't want to serve him. I'm going to get to that, okay? But God's love isn't based upon that, right? Does this make any sense? And I want to get back to the fact of this is what we hear from the Lord. This is what he wants to talk to us about. This is what his voice wants to tell us. Like, you're my kids. I love you. You know, nothing's going to separate me from you. And you, I'm well pleased. That was a shock. I couldn't, I'm like, God, why are you telling me this? Because you need to hear it. You need to hear it. Because the world wants you to doubt it. That's the first step that he can do to get you to start walking away from God. Is all when you really, you know, well, maybe I'm not God because I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. So the second thing that Jesus talked to me about, I mean, the big theme was about fear. You know, and... I don't know if it's just me or I think a lot of us struggle with fear. I, I think, and um, the scripture that I'm going to use um, to talk about fear is in Matthew 14, uh, 21 through 27. So I just want to turn there for a few minutes. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. This is pretty important. I want you to remember this part, okay? So this is right after the feeding of the 5,000. This is critically important for what we're gonna, what's going to come next. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. 
And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. I mean, the Bible is filled, isn't it, with do not fear. And I think somebody added it up that there's at least one for every day or something like that. I mean, time and time and time again, do not fear. And Peter answered him and said, this is important, Lord, if it is you, command me. Right? Command your voice, tell me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. See, Peter, and this is, this is what God is trying to do with us. Yes, you're my kids. But you don't need to fear. You know, listen to my voice. Come, trust, trust in me. Now, <clears throat> why was Peter, we heard Hundreds of messages on this, right, about getting out of the boat. And all of us Christians, what is the one thing we want to do? We want to get out of the boat, don't we? We want to do something miraculous. Well, maybe not miraculous. Maybe just teach a message or something like that. Um, But he wants us to get out of the boat. Why was he able to get out of that boat? This is... It just, Jesus had just fed 5,000 people, right? This is what goes through my mind. Jesus can do a lot with a little. Are you hearing me? See, the key to getting out of the boat is hearing his voice And knowing that he can do a lot with a little. It isn't dependent upon us. It's what we bring to him. I I mean, i got to be very transparent with you, you know. Um, I I didn't want to be here. I didn't say, hey, Pastor Cordell, please let me teach while you're gone. He's like, oh, Brother Marty, I'm going up and I'm on vacation and i got to drive back here to teach Friday. And he's like, will you do it? I'm like, oh, no. I teach, but I don't preach. I went, you know, but the next day or something like that, as I was listening to his voice, that small, still voice. It's like, Kevin, I'm with you. You can do this. You know, you can get out of the boat. I got you. Right? We don't need to fear. That's why he wants us. That's why he tells us over and over again, do not fear. I love you. Do not fear. You don't have to worry about it. And get this concept a lot with a little, hey, just bring me what you got. I'm going to take care of the rest. Just trust me. And if we can get this done, get this right, and if we can start listening to his voice, listening to his command, 
right? Do you know that obedience to his word, to his voice, is the truest form of worship? It is. We can jump around and like crazy, you know, like we love to do. And believe me, I love to do that. Thank you for the praise. I, you guys are awesome. Seriously. You guys make awesome church. But, you know, somebody that says, you know, yes, to whatever it is, to helping somebody out, you know, just being obedient and trusting in him to his dad, that is true worship. A lot with a little. It's so interesting at the end of when he helped Peter get back into the, helped him up. He's like, why'd you doubt? That's what he's saying to us. Why are you doubt? Why are you doubting me? I'm with you. I got your back. God is so big. He, he's so big. There's nothing wrong with America other than the fact that we need to listen to his voice. And there's a lot of distractions out there for people that just don't hear his voice. They don't know. They're getting so distracted by other things. I'll talk about that in a second. So he wants us to get past our fear and doubt. <clears throat> this last benefit of learning to listen and listening regularly. I mean, it does take practice, I will tell you that. It does take regularly saying, Lord, I'm listening. Okay. But this is the greatest, this is the greatest benefit that I was able to get. And the label that I want to put on this is called discernment. All right? You, and the scripture that I want to use for this is John 10, 1 through 5. And most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I cannot tell you how beneficial it is that if, when you start to recognize the voice of the Lord and you start hearing all this other stuff that's out there, they're saying, no, that isn't his voice. 
you know, it isn't his voice. I know that that is the voice of the world. And I got to tell you, you know, when March 15th or March 16th um, what was happening, this whole thing was kicking off. Um, I was down in Virginia. I, don't, I think I told some of you this, but I was on my phone. I was reading this and reading that. And I was listening to this and listening to that. And I was filled with fear. And I came back that Saturday. I've told many of you this. I'm gonna, that's it, I'm done. I'm going on a fast. I'm still on that fast. I'm on, you know what I'm talking about? I'm on a news and media fast. They have, folks, there's, they're not the voice we should be listening to. It's filled with fear. They don't know what's going on. He knows what's going on. You know? And I can't tell you the peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, when you, you can say, that's not his voice. Even inside yourself, when you start thinking, that's not, that's not God. That's not his voice. That's not what he thinks of me. That's not what he wants from me. Discernment. You guys can stand. We're going to close here. You know, by the greatest thing is that by learning his voice... It keeps us from falling into the trap of listening to some other voice out there. And, you know, his voice is powerful and majestic. It truly is. But it's quiet and still. And we, we need to take time to listen. And it is loving and encouraging. God loves us. It's not, we're not based on anything. And he doesn't want us to fear. You know, he wants us to be able to get out of our boats, do something, and he's going to promise to always be with us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We appreciate you so much. We appreciate your voice, oh Lord God. We appreciate the opportunity to listen and to get into your word. And I just pray, dear Lord God, I pray for this country. And I pray for the Christians in this country, Lord God, that we can hear your voice and that we can stay firm, O oh Lord, and that we can trust in you and we don't, we don't get filled with fear and worry and doubt and that we can help others, we can disciple others, O oh Lord, and let them know that you are the way, the truth, and the life, Lord Jesus. And we'll give you the thanks and the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.com dot org.